What's up, everybody? This is Noah Kinsey. And Jonesy. And you're listening to the UFR Podcast. Roll it. Welcome to episode, are we on, is this 47, I 47, believe. yeah. 47, Apocalypse yep. Now, 1979, Francis Ford Coppola. Ow, ow, ow! Awesome. We have a special guest. Shalom. Uh, <laughs> uh, Marco Boltinieri, everybody. Boltinieri? Bibbidi-bobbidi. Yeah. yeah, Marco Bibbidi-bobbidi is basically who's with us today. He's a good friend of mine, uh, actor, director, producer, all-around greatest fluffer ever. <laughs> a flu- wow. That's, I, I, I try, that's high I, praise I, I if you're the greatest. Things, I try to keep things fluffy. That's why we've been friends for so long, just letting you know. But he learned all the skills up. from there me. There was a special... But Margo just finished actually his first feature film. I did. Right? Congratulations. So, Thank you so much. Where yes. are you guys at with that? Um, actually, we just finished the trailer uh, today. Ooh. We actually just had it colored in Chicago. Um, nice. Send it to the colorist up in Chicago and uh, uh, the DP was up with him this evening and so tomorrow I kind of start reaching out to my contacts and start talking uh, about distribution, Uh-oh. you know, and oh, then we were cool. talking to composer today as well. So we're really kind of trying to move forward, you know, as we start to come to a conclusion on, on, you know, on a picture lock. Nice, man. Sounds like we got a filmmaker among us. I think so. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, welcome, man. I'm really glad. I'm really glad to hear what you think about this movie, especially coming from a director, you know, a director, director, too, not just like one of those guys. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm coming actor, but I got to direct my own stuff. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like somebody that really takes like cinema seriously. And I'm really excited to kind of see what you think. So So we'll, we'll, we'll reel it back and start from the beginning. But first, like overall, what? Have have you seen this before? And overall, what did like I, one I, or two sentences? What did you think? I, I will admit, I have not. I did not. I've not seen it before. Um, I think there's a lot of classic movies out there, and you know, especially with my schedule and everything, I only have so much time to sure. to see it. But I do. But I. I I do enjoy though. I, I am happy that I'm seeing it later in my life for the first time. You can, sure. yeah. uh, because I'm able to see things just more objectively than, sure. I mean, all right, first of all, to everyone, I'm only 24. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> he's but a baby. Yeah, let's, a baby. Let's, let's just put that out there no, right The crazy now. part though is this guy's only 24, but he has like longer credits than both of me, you put together. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, kind of respect, hate you for that. Yeah, so. exactly. Like <laughs> get out of here <laughs> after, after the yeah, podcast, yeah, then yeah, you yeah, get, yeah. get out. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and maybe after dinner, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then right. you get then out. Then you leave. Then, then but get lost. After we hang out this weekend. Exactly. And then <laughs> you get out of our face. Yeah, after the birthday this weekend, now we are done. Completely and utterly done. Well, the holidays are coming up. Oh, okay. Well, then. <laughs> In January, it's over. <laughs> yeah. I, I, exactly. I just don't even want to keep going with that. <laughs> so, but, but, but yeah. what did you think overall? Did you I, understand why it's a classic, or were you like, eh? You know. I try to keep an open mind, especially with the classics, Sure, but I was not as impressed as I hope to have been. Okay. Um, Ooh. Ooh, contention. I, I, I feel like, and like, Maybe. I think, <laughs> I, I feel like the biggest thing that I was, you know, as I was driving over here, I was trying to think of like, you know, what is exactly what that I wanted to talk about with this movie. And I think the biggest thing for me talking about with this film is that how, especially 
when dealing with whether it's my movie, someone else's movie, just any movie of like today, we're all about cutting down the fat. We're all about, you know, we're trimming, all, we're, it, we're up. trimming yeah, it up, sure. making it as short and tight as possible uh, for just how fast, uh, you know, how fast our minds are going nowadays with how, you know, short attention span we have. And would just, first of all, I mean, when I first saw that the movie was two and a half hours, I thought to myself, oh my God, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to sit down, you know, and like, you know, and really watch this thing. It's two and a half hours. Do you hours. normally stand up when you watch movies? Well, like, like uh, I got to sit like, for this. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yes. I'm going to just pace. Can I, I pace? Is that okay yeah, with you? But I'm you know, have okay. to take off my shoes. What? Really? <sighs> I got to hang up the coat, too? Is that what I got? Oh, oh, all right. All right. I guess all we're right, going to get into this movie. You know what? But, you know, get like real, you know, get really comfortable, though. I mean, you know, I mean, like, you know, like, know that you're going to be spending the Two and a half hours, not an hour and thirty, it's not even two hours, like two and a half. It's like that extra thirty minutes. You're like, okay, this, you know, yeah, that's ha- a new level of commitment. Well, like, how, how are they going to keep me there? Because just so many films nowadays are not two and a half hours anymore, right. and they obviously right. do that they on just purpose. Sneak in an extra hour, yeah, yeah. Or you have like four false endings, like the final Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I can just get, a, I can finally pee. No, <laughs> just kidding, just Peter kidding. Jackson. Yeah, he loves that though. He loves he being does. able to do that. Well, yeah. I mean, look, The Hobbit. He yeah. took a short story and stretched it into three movies. I will say, I've only seen the first of the three, so I. Uh, I don't even you remember. saw the best I, one, so I, you don't yeah, need to I, see I, the I others. I don't even remember what the first one, how the first one was, because I saw it in theaters, uh-huh. like how however many long ago it was. But I mean, I will say they look. Look in regards to Lord of the Rings, and we're not talking about that. But at least with Lord of the Rings, those I, I felt like the pace kept going. Sure, before. sure. I felt well, like those are progressing books. forward. I mean, yeah, The Hobbit right. is a tiny story. That's the yeah. one I read, <laughs> and I watched the. I Literally, say, the story is like so linear, just like it's oh. just like it's the go to. I think it's like sixty pages. <laughs> yeah, mm, it's a no. short story. I don't remember. Uh-huh. I don't remember. Maybe it's been ninth, think, grade, ninth grade. Ninth grade. I don't think Tolkien was, knows how to make a sixty page. No, short that one story. was really short. The other ones were long, but that was really short. I don't know. That's man. why there was enough for one movie, and I watched the anime. I want to say seventies, but when he oh, when yeah, he yeah, extended yeah. it to two movies, I'm like, okay, I got the Hobbit right I see there. That looks way more than sixty pages. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab that. <laughs> yeah, grab it because I'm about to, I'm about to say, Noah, you're wrong. What is the matter with you? I love the fact how we did not plan this. We just happen to have the Hobbit here. <laughs> yeah, for a movie. I'm, park. A, I'm a red guy minus oh, oh, my hobo look. A little red scholar, you know, exactly. Uh, uh, a fluffy scholar. As I say, I'm a red guy thing. <laughs> Completely negating. Just keep. Just keep talking. Okay, right, I'm, okay, I am right, absolutely we're like sitting here. I'm just like, yeah. all right, all right. Yeah, no. Okay, so it's 250 pages. All right. But in my defense, that Eight, is short for nope, token. 60 pages. Okay. <laughs> but that's that's short for token. That's true. I will give you that because most of his books are like 9 million pages. But when they said they're going to make it into two movies, I'm like, I get it. Monetizing, uh, I'm okay. True. And, and then, then he three. switched three. it to three. Oh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Like, I don't. Uh-uh. That next one's nope. going to like an extra three hours down the line. But so, okay. okay. So coming back to what you were talking to about, this. you felt like at least those movies, though they were long, had more of a pace to them that kind of kept you more engaged. Exactly. Whereas this movie, I, I just felt like, and I know this is, you know, I know this is something that Coppola does. Um, it's like, I, I very mixed feelings with Coppola as an Italian director. I do look up to him, you know, as like, you because know, because you have to. You, a little bit, you know, it's like, I mean, like, look, look, look. he, cause he, he was really tall well, and he had a nice beard. <laughs> and look, he's like, look, the guy's obviously talented. It's just, 
his directing style is just not the style that I'm so much a fan of. And sure. I feel like if I try to copy his style, it would in feel any way, disingenuous. Not only that, I feel like I would just get criticized by a lot of people saying, why is your film so long? Ah, Cut it yeah, down. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, I, I think that's anybody though. Anybody now. Yeah. Would just yeah be you really like, can't unless you, you yeah. win so many Oscars and it's just like, unless you're the guy that did mud. But even Scorsese, or, even Scorsese has to negotiate. That's what happened with Gangs in New York, why it kind of felt choppy is he wanted it to be a lot longer. Yeah, but longer. his movie was like nine hours yeah, long. Yeah, it was super long. <laughs> Literally, you know I, I left They're like, all right, Martin, look, okay, maybe we could like lop off uh, six hours or something. I mean, it was still like yeah. a three-hour movie, though. Yeah, no, uh, trust me. When I went to that, when I came out of the theater for Gangs in New York, I uh-huh. thought maybe my parents like sent out a search party for me. <laughs> like I was on the back of milk cartons because that movie's long as shit, man. Yeah. Well, it's good though. It's all right. I, the I, ending was anticlimactic. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm just saying, I feel like you could cut 45 minutes out of that movie and you would still have the same movie. Same thing. Yeah. It just sure. It just yeah. Just that's crazy. Oh no, I, I'm. Are you ta- talking about I'm, this? I'm talking about yeah. this. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, about okay. This. For today, you would have to. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't let be able to <laughs> let the scenes breathe. This is I'm going to disagree with you. You don't have to do that. No, these no, days. no. The I'm guy saying for the did... audiences. I'm not saying. I'm saying for the masses, for it to make the money and make the studio. Bullshit. Would have to. I call mm. fucking bullshit. Uh, okay. Right. Know, man. Well, Only you're reducing the amount of times they can show it on a screen per day. Well, I'm just saying they. I wouldn't you know, go that far. I just think that people's attention spans aren't uh, aren't you know as uh, you know, aren't you like know what, what they used to be. I will retract. <laughs> But with a caveat, okay. All right. right. What is it? If so we're looking at, if you're, if you're looking at this movie to go into the mainstream Hollywood, yeah, probably like competing against the stuff that's out there right now. Uh-huh. Probably not. The two hour mark, I oh, think you can be totally. okay with. Sure. Yeah. Two hour marks, okay. Thirty minutes, people probably squirming in their chairs. If it's the independent realm of cinema, I think you can get away with. You can. I, I think mean, you can yeah. get away with that type of pace, but not but with that big of a budget. You got to understand, like. You, Coppola at the time was basically the auteur filmmaker. Oh, no, you yeah, know what I'm course, saying? And course. it just so happened that they built that that Hollywood structure around yeah. Coppola, Scorsese, yeah. uh, Spielberg, you know what I mean? And they, and if you watch their earlier movies, they all have the same type of rhythms mm. within their stories. Yeah, so, I can no, see that know? with Scorsese and Coppola for sure. Right? No, I mean, and I, I appreciate what they do. It, like, it's hard for me because I can only really truthfully talk about how I see things from how I am today in today's world. I can't, I I can't talk about how it was, uh, you know, in your past life. I I, I can't talk about how it was in 1979. I can't talk about how it was, you know, or like in, even in the eighties, like, you right. know, these, like, you I were basically there. sperm swimming around your mm. dad's balls. Well, you were a I twinkle it, in his eye. Yeah. That or way. maybe that. Yeah. As well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it traveled quite down there. Not know? just yet. Maybe, no. maybe the cells weren't even, not even know, there, yet, there yet. It's just science. So you were zero existent. <laughs> Well, yeah, not like even that. in a sack. I, I, was so a, I was in filmmaker heaven. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's like, I wasn't reincarnated yet, sucker. So overall, before we dig deep into it, what were your thoughts? You know, what's funny to me is that this I go into film school, right? Mm-hmm. This is one of the movies that everybody tries to study and break down. Sure. Yada, yada, yada. My film school didn't do that. And I watched it when I was young, but I never really had the context of the movie. Sure. I watched it as an adult, and uh, to be completely honest with you, it's probably on one on my top list mm, at this enough. point. It's on my top list. Fair enough. Nice. Uh, I'm kind of in between you guys. Uh-huh. So uh, I thought film on the filmmaking side, phenomenal. Sure. Sure. And uh, I think it 
feels like probably one of the most honest portrayals of that time. Sure. You know, dealing with the Viet Cong, which drove people nuts. They weren't mm-hmm. used to the terrain. So you can definitely see that. And I, for college had, I've, I had never seen this before. This is the first time I've seen it, but in college I had to read heart of darkness, which is the novel it's based off of. Well, that's good because I don't even know books like that. So I thought you were a scholar. <laughs> no, I read like things like the Hobbit or like, <laughs> where's Waldo? <laughs> <laughs> You know, the classics. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe a Dr. Seuss book if I can stay up through the whole thing, I guess. Yeah, you have to have that shit explained. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what is a Lomax? Oh, it's a Lorax? A Lorax. See, my oh, bad. my God. Wait, this book's about trees, you guys. Jesus. Stop cutting them down. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think one of the problems with me is that, to be honest, war movies are not really my thing. I don't. I get, it sounds weird saying this, but I actually get bored no, watching I war movies. I used to movies. be that way. I'm very selective um, with war movies because yeah, they do well, fit into a formula. Well, it's just because it's just, it's a, it's a lot. I mean, I just find it just gets very repetitive after a while. And sure. I find that like characters are usually right, a little bit more bland. we get it. You saved yeah. the Jews. We get it. <laughs> well, I mean, but I'm just saying like, I mean, even Saving Private Ryan, you know, it's like, I mean, there, there's only so much fighting, so much hiding, so much running that, you know, I want to see. Until I want to actually see some character development, I want to see something like that. And right. and with me with Martin Sheen, in this film, I just I didn't like him. I you know I supposed to. I well, but that's the thing is like then I don't care if he gets killed. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care if he gets yeah. shot. I'm not worried if he dies. Like I was never. I was more worried about his shipmates that I liked more. Right, because like they were funny. Larry Fishburne. Yeah. <laughs> and instead of this, you know. You know, mopey dick over here who, you know, is, is you know, he's he, he just falling asleep, you know, on the boat and, and not wanting to do anything and just looking around. And, like, well, you don't want to participate with the with the crew, huh? You're yeah. just going to sleep around, and huh? Just, and just observing everything. I'm just like, well, I, you know, like, like, th- like, this is who you send out for this mission. Like, this is the guy. Like, right. Uh, which I wanted to say right now, Martin Sheen was a good looking man when he was younger. I like, because I'm so used to him from he West was, Wing and everything. He was a handsome he was, individual. He was, he was a handsome man. No, homo. I did it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'd do it. You know, 1979, 76 him. I'd do it now, man. Yeah. Come on now. Just uh, you, that you have the prestige bone. It, yeah. it took me a while, though. That, that, that first I'm like, hey, that's my one celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> it's on that. my laminated card, honey. <laughs> it's there. You cannot okay. be mad at all. <laughs> well, I say that first scene, though, it took me a while for me to recognize just his face. Sure. You know, yeah. I, 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 I'm in love with the West Wing. Like, I've, I've watched the West Wing so many times over, so... That's who I think. Like even older Martin Sheen now, I'm like, no, that's not always. Like, no wonder he, he got he, to be president. Yeah. He was in the military. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah see, <laughs> got it. It's a conspiracy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's pretty. I cool. would want him as president after this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like if that's like what happens down the road, I'd be like, uh, no, thank you. No, no. Okay, so let's let's jump in the beginning. Overall, like I feel it, it was, yeah. you know, phenomenally done very honest i just there were certain issues throughout the movie that just kind of took me out of it but let's let's start at the beginning well all right so just first and foremost um yes the first shot opens up the story in a very surrealistic point of view in my opinion 
right? You have the the greenery, you have the uh, helicopter, you know, that whap, 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 that's oh, kind of yeah, coming yeah, yeah. through. That, that's right. Then yeah. the napalm, and then you have the beautiful um, music from the doors, This is the End, which is yeah. in some wonderful way really kind of the mind of our main character. Now, I just want to backpedal really, really quickly. I think mm-hmm. the thing that you may be missing Marco about a movie like this is that you got to understand what the true theme of this movie is and why um, the Martin Sheen character Willard is the main character, right? You're not supposed to, I don't think you're ever really supposed to like this. You're supposed to be sympathetic for the theme and for kind of, What's happening to soldiers in general? I I think it's even yes to that point, but I think it's even well, deeper. That I can agree with, yeah, yeah. But I think it's even mm. deeper because I think the you know you look at the first opening sequence, the dramatic question that comes in into it all is that how dark is this man willing? How evil is this man willing? to go Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right it's almost the person that he has to kill at the very end of this movie is the passing of the torch right and i can look at this movie from a couple of different point of views but the one that i really am drawn to is that there's three main chunks based on the overall theme of dehumanization Mm -hmm. right you have a movie that is that opens up with a guy that is so desensitized to this world right so much so yeah, he smashes his hand he's in, the in a trance yeah right this this idea this identity this spirituality that's rooted around war and what he's gone through yeah. has kind of taken him over right mm-hmm. he doesn't even want to go home to his wife anymore mm-hmm. right he, i mean the the line of you know when i was when i was home i wanted to be here yeah when i was here i wanted to be home but mm-hmm. more so he wanted to be he wanted to be there and he's basically the opening sequence gives us this idea that he is withering away because he is not chasing war yeah right that is where he lives that is his life and then the idea i mean the heart of it going into the heart of darkness Mm -hmm. which is the ultimate evil how deep in our psyche how dehumanizing can we be so there's sections of this movie that capitalize on different ideologies of what that is right you have the opening sequence that we get introduced to our main character Mm -hmm. and his dehumanization he is so far gone yeah. You have the next sequence of the movie when we get introduced to Kilgore. I mean, his name is right smack in the yeah. middle of it. And the idea that all he cares about is winning and with the win becomes satisfaction, right? Mm-hmm. And the reward at the end of the day, that is a sense of dehumanization that you have to go into in the state of war. Then you have the net sequence where there's the the dehumanization of ourselves, right? The, the kind of the Sodom and Gomorrah type of effect, right? With the... Um, Oh, what was the name of the place? The what fat? No, what was the name of the for oh, the so. Osho, the the military Osho, oh, that, that yeah, land, yeah, the right? Osho, the, yeah, how fat? That's the yeah. place. It was called how fat. Um, you know the the materialism that happens within that, right? And the the intensity, and we no care for anybody but ourselves mm-hmm. in that moment, right? Sure. There's a sense of dehumanization there. Um, then you have the next major scene where they they're crossing the bridge, right? The 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 Dulong Bridge. And the beautiful thing within that segment, it kind of again, it's the it's the the descending down the river into madness throughout this entire film that's happening. And the river becomes kind of like the visual motif of the sure. story. How far down you're how going. far down you're willing to go yeah. in order to get to that place. Whereas that particular spot is everybody is mad. 
right? We, we've gone through another segment into the madness, yeah. right? He uses beautiful music like the, like Jimi Hendrix that's all distorted. Even if you pay attention to it, it's kind of lit up like a, like a, like a, a carnival, if you will. Right. Because that identity around a carnival, it's crazy and it's madness and it's weird and kooky in some crazy way. And that whole sequence feels like that, you know? And after he gets crossed that bridge over, then it's the ultimate, you know, the ultimate challenge where he meets the person that he's supposed to kill. Right. Mm -hmm. And then now you have, is he willing to go deeper? Right. Mm. The crossing of that threshold is even deeper into it, which ultimately is him killing that guy and succumbing to his own darkness. Yeah. You know, uh, the, they kept saying, talking about, you know, the heart of darkness is something that is usually passed down, right? Evil to evil to evil, yeah. you know, and if you kill the evil, then you succumb <clears throat> and you become evil. Mm -hmm. You sure. know what I mean? So at the same time, there's that moment he comes out of the water after the death and it's almost that rebirth, you know, and all the people there bow to him. It's very symbolic in my opinion. Yeah. yeah well, I was going to say actually <laughs> act three for me, I felt like was the strongest hmm. of, of the three. I feel like, I felt like. It was more is the most engaging for I, sure. I, I think it was definitely the most engaging. I, that was finally when my attention was was you know I was finally like real. I mean my, my my attention was being grabbed the most. Sure, you know, and I was you know interested with what was happening, and I was actually even starting to care for what was happening to Martin Sheen and what sure. was going on. So, and you know, and start to ask myself questions and wonder what's going to happen. Why is this happening? This and that. And so I, you know, I, I just wish that Act Three was. I, I wish act one and act two were as riveting to me as act three, but I don't know. I mean, I, I get that, but I feel like it's a slow burn because it the really first is. two acts are just building this world for act three to matter. And I get that. And I get for that it to yeah, have if you just had him go directly to that place. Like, I don't think you would really, like, but, but even really like the going straight to, it's like Frodo just yeah, right to, on the uh, Eagles at the beginning of the exact stroll. Yeah. Yeah. He has to get lost a couple of times, <laughs> totally. but, I, but I feel like, you know, yeah, it's a lot slower, but it's immersing you just in the climate and right. in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think with all kind of going down yeah. the river, like you're talking I, about, Gary, and, you know, little by little, all the other people on the boat are going crazy. A crazy. Well, you yeah. know what I love about those characters the most is because we get introduced to to Willard, who is he's already a broken character. Well, you're. The audience are the other people, right? Like, like the Lawrence Fishburne character. That's exactly, us. exactly. They are the you know they're the fresh meat, right? That are kind of getting their first Idealistic. induction into this this mm. world of war, yeah. Right, and so I think it was such a smart idea to throw those types of characters in because we saw them crash and like fall through the madness. Mm -hmm. Lance, I mean, Jesus, that guy, you know, he became the dog, yeah. <laughs> right? Like he became. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, at the very end, towards the end of the movie, he succumbed to the tribe and all that, you know, and we watch his transformation from nothing to where he is now. Yeah. Right. Where I feel that we have, you know, uh, Willard's character who we are. He's already crossed that threshold. Yeah. But I feel like one of the interesting things about this is when he's reading the different letters on the bow and he's kind of going down. I think he does have that internal struggle where like everything is psychology is wanting him to go down there, but he's still feels like he's scared to go that way. I disagree with you. I, I totally know. disagree with you. Cause I feel the information that he was reading, he was becoming more and more and more engaged in this man that like in something deep down in him is saying, I want to meet this man. Interesting. Cause I felt like it was almost the opposite where he's like, <laughs> I, he doesn't want to become that man. 
I highly disagree. Only because, <laughs> only because there's a couple of scenes in the movie that I thought were rather interesting. He's a very stoic character throughout most of this, right? Doesn't sure. really lash out as much as the people that are around him, mm-hmm. right? Shit doesn't phase him. He's very been there, done been that. there, done that yada, yada. Right. But there's a couple of scenes that tend to happen in my opinion that shows that he is, he is the right candidate hmm. to take the position. And he knows that he feels that deep down inside. The first one that is very easy to illustrate is when he's on, um, the, uh, at the O show, right. The, the Island or whatever. And they need, uh, they need gas for the boat. And the guy's like, well, I can't really give you gas. I can't da 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 because da 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 da. And he barks at him. Yeah. And he grabs him and just yeah. get me gas. That was one of the bigger instances where he comes out of that stoic sure. state and he barks at him right away. I mean, they, even the character, one of the characters says, Ooh, look at him bark. Right. Yeah, no, That's true. And what was interesting about that moment for me is it was almost He's in a in a weird way. You can at least for me, I can look at that scene and say he doesn't want to wait another day, another moment longer mm-hmm. to get to where he needs to go to yeah. do this because he is that eager well, def- to get to this point. I definitely to, felt to that. that point. I definitely felt that that kind of like that and that anticipation and kind of count. You know, kind of like the internal clock counting down until when he has to do this. I definitely think that that was portrayed very well throughout the film. Right. And I, for me, I think as he studies this man, the deeper he understands the psychology of him, the more interesting he becomes to our main character. Mm, okay. So at least for me, that's what I, that's why sure. I, would disagree I just got with a totally that. different read, but hey, that's interesting. Hey, you yeah, want, you really want Coppola would go, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever it means <laughs> to you. Yeah, whatever works sure, for you, Sure, buddy. Yeah. I know. And that, yeah. this is the funny part about all this stuff, right? Like we could see, he's just like, Sure. Yeah, because I was like, I was, just, I was just having a bad day when I was. I mean, I feel like no, either no. way it works. I mean, because right. there is kind of that. I wouldn't say that there's an apparent struggle in the film, but it's kind of like you and watching it. You're just like, oh, don't go that far, don't, and you're yeah. just seeing them just fall into that. Well, the the descent is just absolutely maddening, mm-hmm. you know, and you see that through through the the crew on the boat. You see yeah, that through. Yeah. Um, through. When they executed that that other boat, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Well, and that's so, an interesting point too, right? So that's viciously. another that's another moment of of our main character showing some form of like coming out of his stoicness and interacting. He mm-hmm. shoots that thing without a thought in his mind. That woman, the woman. He shoots her without a thought in his mind. Yeah, the ultimate solved. The well, ultimate and, and, dark. And, 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 well, just because he, I mean, and again, he's just so determined to continue on with what he's with where he needs to go. He doesn't exactly. want. He doesn't want to and getting held up by yeah. the. If I if she's dead, we can keep going, can't we? Right? Yeah, Is that exactly. okay with you guys? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Boom, yeah. shoots her. Doesn't give two thoughts Problem about solves. it. Problem solved. Moving on. Keep going. Right. So for me, I find that he couldn't get there sooner. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to wait any longer. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, one of the, one of my favorite scenes out of the, out of the film is, uh, Kilgore was, um, the drill master, the drill master. The, <laughs> you know what I'm talking whoever, about. Yeah. The captain, uh, the captain. Whoa. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The captain's uh, about hot. What's the guy's name? That's Duvall. Duvall. Robert Duvall. Duvall. Robert Duvall. Thank Jesus. you. Kilgore. Yeah. Robert Duvall. Um, I, I really thought he was an interesting character because he, he had um, kind of taking cues from General Patton, 
right? Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. You know, all the way to the the handkerchief around the neck. You know, um, the 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 scene that I love out of the first major sequence of this movie is the ride of the Valkyries that mm-hmm. are coming through. And I didn't know this actually, but Val of a Valkyrie is actually a mythical creature that is the person that uh, during battle dictates whether you live or die. Yeah. Oh, really? Is what a Valkyrie is. Interesting. So he's riding into this basic butcher shop, choosing, you know, playing the ride of the Valkyries as all this stuff is just kind of going on, which in my mind is such an interesting thing because all he really honestly cared about was surfing. Yeah. (laughs) He just wanted to go surfing. Yeah. And he chose to like do this whole thing because the surfing was something that he was, the six foot waves is ultimately what he was trying to get. The tide was, yeah. You know, I was just like, holy crap, man. Uh, Again, desensitizing us to this world, dehumanizing not only, not only the Vietnamese that were there, but also the soldiers at the same Mm -hmm. exact time. Right. And I thought, I thought that was such an interesting moment. And even with the sound, with using that song, it was used ironically because the flight of the Valkyries is about Valkyries going in, to that they thought it was just going to be easy victory right. and then ending up losing. Mm, interesting. So that was used ironically for this film. That's interesting. I didn't ever, I didn't think about it from that point of view. That's pretty cool actually. Yeah. I mean, I think Coppola's use of music throughout this movie is phenomenal. But I mean, I mean we've seen the Godfathers. His music is integral. Yeah. To but I don't know. I feel like to create yes, like a feel. Yeah. But the difference in my opinion is that he's more using soundtracks yeah, instead of say, a score. Yeah. Sure. This, you get what I'm saying? Songs. It was very, I mean, I was just talking to my composer today and you know, we were just talking about songs versus soundtrack mm-hmm. and it's, Songs is a very hard thing to do without it making it without it making it look like you're just you're using it as a crutch. Sure. You yeah. know? I mean Quentin Tarantino does a really good job because he creates a mood of yeah. a soundtrack because the soundtrack that he creates tells a story. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, well, the stories are it. crazy and so is his music. And <laughs> yeah. so it's him. So sure. like all three are crazy. But listening to I that music as he writes it. Yeah. I think it'd be hard for um, Coppola to find a theme for our main character because now without it making that seem too Hollywood. Right. And at the same time, it's one of those things where like, because that main character's theme is, is his mentality is so different, you know, as he's ascending into the depths to where I think mm-hmm. it'd be hard to choose one particular theme for that person. Mm-hmm. You know, like in Indiana Jones, you get his theme, yeah, you know, very simply. And that thing changes, you know, to, from from like a tempo right throughout the entire film. But this, I mean, I guess in some weird way, I would be curious to see what it would, it would sound like. But, I, I, I will say that actually did throw me off a little. I mean, not threw me off. That's not the right word. It, it intrigued me. Um, yeah. I almost, with, 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 with how many songs there were and there really wasn't a soundtrack. I almost wonder if like when it comes to soundtracks, you know, it's supposed to help a movie take you to another world. But I almost wonder with him, if he chose protest songs to keep people in the real world. And that, and that was such a good point, man. It's like seriously, such a good point because all the music that he put Jimi Hendrix, right? The doors, the doors, which yeah. are big proponents against 
the against war, the yeah. war at the time, which I thought was rather interesting. Yeah, for sure. That, stuck, that stood out quite a bit. Quite the a contrast. Bit for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, kind of coming back to our initial conversation about the opening of the film, the doors, you know, I love the doors so much, you know, and they, you know, they've been around. Well, they're not, most of them are all dead now. I think Robbie Krieger is the only one that's still alive, but they had such a beautiful, um, surrealistic tone. Kind of haunting the, sounds. Very too. much so, man. Like you'd want to drop acid and listen to the doors yeah. is ultimately <laughs> what you want to do. Right. But at the same time, what's beautiful about the opening sequence is it is almost like an acid trip, mm. right? You are, you are getting this really beautiful juxtaposition of, um, very violent imagery. Mm, yeah. Cross dissolving over a guy's mind, right? Like over the face of somebody, almost as if this stuff is happening in his brain. Mm-hmm. Right. And even just before the forest gets destroyed, it's like you're seeing a shot of paradise. Beautiful. And then green the yeah, paradise, exactly. just paradise. And then you there. just see Suddenly it get just goes destroyed. Yeah. Right. And you're like, oh shit. Which mm-hmm. I thought, uh, yeah, I, I got to admire him for just what they did just technically for but, that film. I mean, Oh yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, just, just from a technical standpoint, good God. <laughs> um, the the other thing that I love about the opening is not just the juxtaposition of music and image, right? The is that it is literally foreshadowing the entire journey mm-hmm. for our main character. I don't know if you guys caught it, but did you guys catch the 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 final image versus the image that was over his face with the the kind of like the tiki looking? No, I don't remember God no, statue. It's funny because, you know, we see the napalm, we see all these things that are basically going to happen in the story, right? Juxtaposing over top of the music. And there's the there's the shot of of this stone tiki god. And at the very end of the movie, it's the same exact shot. Oh, kind of interesting. Really? I didn't notice that at all. These types of things. It's, yeah. it's actually really cool to see. And the song itself is called This Is The End. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you are going that deep into madness... There is no coming out. Right. I mean, some of the dialogue mm-hmm. that he says is like, you never get off the boat. Never get off the boat. And he gets off the boat because after you get off the boat, you can't get back on. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of visual cues that are happening within that. I mean, he's going through when he gets through the bridge. All those guys are trying to get back on the boat. Right. All the dudes that are trying yeah. to, they're trying to get <laughs> and they're like, no, nope, no, nope, you can't, you can't, can't do get it. back on the boat. And that, you know, there's a lot of good visual um, motifs kind of happening within that. Um, but the opening song is this is the end. You know, if you look at the lyrics that are happening over top, we know that he's going to be diving deeper and deeper yeah. into this madness. And he he doesn't come out of it, does he? Mm-hmm. At the very end of this film, he doesn't come out of it. So he no. so it's almost guiding us through this, like kind of being an ombudsman to his full um rebirth of this, mm. the heart of darkness, you know, into the heart of darkness, I guess, which I always thought was kind of interesting. Cause you know, they talk about guns and films, right? Like the person who has the gun has the power in the scene or in the movie or whatnot. Right. And never fire sure. the, never fire the gun unless you ultimately have to. And I feel like the heart of darkness, if you understand what that truly means, felt like the gun in a, this particular movie, because now you're kind of Marlon Brando's character has the gun. You know, and he doesn't choose to fire it until he absolutely needs to. But in some crazy way, you have to feel like Marlon Brando knew what was coming. Yeah. He knew that this was, he knew that he was going to die that way, you know? Yeah. I I think someone like his character has, they're they're three steps ahead. Yeah, totally. And he knows what's coming for him. Yeah. I mean, and at the end of the day, one of the things, and maybe you guys can help clarify some of this stuff for me, is that though... 
Marlon Brando's character was somebody that the <laughs> the the corporation, right? Did anybody listen to how they talked about the government throughout this movie? It's very institutional. It very institutionalized. A lot of the language was like the corporation, the business, the this, and it was very interesting on the language of all mm. that. Um, but he, I didn't. I felt in some crazy way that he understood how the machine was running and didn't want to give into that anymore. And in some weird way, they kind of metaphorically made that seem like that's the ultimate evil going against society in some weird way. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too heavily. No, into I that. think, I think definitely that was the implication that, uh, that Brando had his dances with wolves moment and realized <laughs> sure. that it was time for him to, he see the light mm-hmm. and it's time for him to be what the institution once opposed. Sure. And just is like, Oh, the air of my ways, but in like an, an insane way. Sure. Where he but got in, to in some that. crazy thought though. Is it really that insane to go against the institution? Well, but you also had the God complex. Well, when you chop off heads and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I guess you're yeah. well, gr- gruesome. Okay. I mean, you okay. can you you win write an angry letter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to chop his head off. Yeah. You know? <laughs> You know, give him a stern finger wagon, maybe. <laughs> a bad review on Yelp. Yeah. yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, so ultimately, so that's for me, what I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. I get. All right. I can see that. You know. <laughs> Awkward silence. Wow. I, I, I just got really quiet. We're all just, <laughs> it's such an. It's. Yeah. It's hard to like pick out uh-huh. things to like talk about with like intention only because well, there's just, just so many things happening throughout this movie. Yeah. That couple was just like, dude, I was high as shit making this movie. Oh, he had suicidal days. Oh, he literally he? had suicidal where did days. They, oh, I, I haven't looked this up. Where, where did they actually shoot the this Philippines. movie? Philippines. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. There's a whole documentary on this yeah, movie though, right? Hearted the Hearts. Yeah. And it's like an hour and a half of like the whole process that oh, yeah, we came close to having George Lucas direct this. Oh god. That was he was the original director attached to it. Francis Ford Coppola was producing it. And something kind of fell through where George Lucas had to leave. And because of that, those two like their friendship was severed. Oh my god. Because George Lucas didn't direct this. That's so funny. Do you guys ever feel that like between George Lucas, Martin Scorsese, Steven Spielberg, um, and Coppola, mm-hmm. like they were all getting like part, you know, like they're all getting um you know, deals and like getting so scripts sent to them or whatever. And I feel like in this instance, um, Lucas got this movie and he's like, I'm going to make this movie guys. And everybody's like, mm, maybe you should. Mm. No, they wanted him to. Cause that was right after uh, you think star Wars. Steven Star-Wars. Spielberg, you think, you think Scorsese, you think Coppola were like, go ahead, Lucas, you could totally direct this movie. Coppola wanted him to, Just which is kidding. crazy. He'd be like, Hmm. You know what? Maybe you let the big boys do this one, Lucas. Maybe. Uh, I think. I think. I think the most telling thing is the picture where Spielberg, Scorsese, Coppola, and Lucas—they're all standing in a photo, and Spielberg, Scorsese, and Coppola all have their holding up their Oscar trophies, and Coppola's just there on the side. Hi, <laughs> like, oh. like no, oh, Lucas. Yeah, Lucas. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, the, the guy really—I mean, what, one of except, these except things for is not Gra- like the other. <laughs> <laughs> well, except for what? What was it? American Graffiti? He hasn't really done anything, right? Else. Yeah, I mean, it's like, basically but American. Well, 
Uh, what th thx thx is pretty good too. Mm. I mean, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he had his art film with American Graffiti, and the rest, he's more of a merchandiser, uh, well, um, yeah. which we'll definitely talk about when we do the Star Wars one. But that's his thing; he <laughs> sure. finds a way to monetize everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he had to drop out. I thought uh, it took uh, Coppola three years to edit this film. They shot it took about. 16 to 18 months mm-hmm. three years to edit the film they actually didn't have any way to process the film in the philippines so they had they to fly to straight up to america so uh-huh. francis ford didn't see a second How of footage terrifying. until he came back to california oh crap that's, that's terrifying. terrifying and you know what's more interesting is that the uh the editor walter merch they, he has a really great book called uh in a blink of an eye if you guys are interested in editing books or anything like that mm-hmm. um but he was uh, he was one of the lead editors. He wasn't the editor for the movie, uh, but he was one of the the lead guys, kind of dealing mm-hmm. with all that stuff. Um, the opening sequence with the the fan acting like the the, the chopper the chopper propeller was mm-hmm. all by accident. That's awesome. Basically, he was just hitting on some keys, and then it just kind of it happened, and he thought Perfect. it broke or something like that, and then it all just kind of mm, it was like, holy crap, accident. that actually works, and they yeah. just kind of kept it in there, kind of giving that surrealistic approach. It's but just that was interesting. It, I mean, the reason, one of the reasons that this film is on the top one hundred, and I believe it deserves to be, even if it's not like my favorite film ever, yeah, uh-huh. um, is just this is a grueling. This is just as grueling a production as it was. For filming. Right. I mean, Francis oh Ford, they okay. went super over budget. So he had to spend $1.5 million. It says was the budget. Yeah. And yeah. that was way more than it was supposed to be. And Francis Ford, and I think back then as well, it was 31.5. Yeah. Million. yeah. He had to put in his own money. Um, he and he had, to, money, well, he had to mortgage the, Oh, he had to mortgage the, the, the his Napa Valley and his house. Oh my God, Jesus. So he literally put everything on the line for this movie. And even when they were, <laughs> That's what I was- filming it uh or when he was editing he realized a lot of the he needed to redo some of the voiceover for Mm. um for martin sheen and he wasn't available so he had to bring joe estevez martin's brother who sounds a lot like him to come in to so a lot of that voiceover is actually joe but he's not even credited for it Uh and he's even brought in because during the production of this martin um had a heart attack a pretty big heart attack. Well, it's because really? of the cocaine they so, were doing. Yeah, and he was having—he yeah, had a go. drinking problem then. Whoa. That whole scene where he's fighting in the hotel room himself. Yeah, that was all improv. That was all improv. Yeah. He really cut himself open. He, tr- I he was, was wonder- drunk as I, shit. You know, I was wondering about that. Yeah, he actually mm-hmm. tried to attack Francis Ford Coppola during that scene. Oh, like, he tried to, like he was so out of now it. Now I really want to go see this documentary. Yeah, he yeah. was out, out of, of his it. mind. Um, but hey, they, well, there's certain it, movies it, that just. You know, especially with a character like that, when you're going that deep into darkness. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're going to. It's like well, definitely he, method. You can't dance with the devil there. in the pale moonlight, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Basically, hey, I was going to say, I'm looking at IMDb right now, and I'm seeing three different runtimes for the movie. You guys because there's yeah. a redux, which uh-huh. added yeah. about 40 minutes to it. Which oh, you don't even need, man. No. Like, they say, they added God. scenes in there. And then and then there's a work print that's four hours and 50 minutes. Uh-huh. That's the one Coppola is just like, that's my masterpiece. He had, he had, for this film, he had over 200 hours of footage. Wow. How many feet of film would that be? Marco? Oh, oh God. It, I, I it, it was in the trivia, but a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, how, wait, how, how wrapped around the world. How many feet? How many feet did you say? No, uh, it's a lot. Two, over 200 hours of footage. 200 hours of footage. Okay. Let me. 
That's crazy. Okay, well, though. you guys talk. Let me see what I can do. But I mean, they went through a lot of shit. Uh, when they cast Marlon Brando, he he um, required a $1 million advance, which he threatened to just spend and keep. But by that time, Francis Ford is like, fuck it. You know what? Whatever, Take it. Dude. Like They were so sick of him. He claimed he had read the book. And when he came on set, he got paid a total of $3.5 million for this. Holy crap. For, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a lot. Yeah, um, dude. That's gnarly. But uh, when he got on set, he's like, oh, yeah. I've never read the book. So he, he didn't memorize any of his lines and he put on a lot of weight. So I mean, there was I, I heard huge that. friction between him and Francis Ford Coppola. To be completely honest with you though, you know, people were like, Oh, you got gain weight. I think it fits the character better that he was heavier. In my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know when you, but get- it's just so different from the book, which for Francis is like, that's what I wanted already. Like, Marlon was a lot shorter than the character was supposed to be. Right. Well, they put him all in the like, boxes and stuff. Yeah. And they did the shadows and things Which like that. Which I think that. worked because it's so funny because that's one of the, like that whole, the seat, that seat, the blah, 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 those sequences are nice because they kind of had to work with what they had. And that's where you get the most creative anyway. And I feel like some of that, the back end of this movie is so beautifully mm. put together from an artistic point of view, as well as like just lighting. It's just beautiful, man. Coming in and out of the the dark, the shadow, and mm. I was like, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I just you feel know? bad. They only did it because you chunky bitch. Because he got you know? super fat. Even Tennessee Williams at the premiere when he when he was asked what he thought of Marlon's three point five million dollars salary, he goes, "I think they paid him by the pound." Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Zing. But I feel bad for Francis Ford Coppola and anybody who had to deal with Marlon after you know Streetcar and uh, the Waterfront uh. because he just didn't. He wanted to get paid, but he didn't want to do shit for it. Sure. And even in this, he argued the, his character's name because, like, that doesn't sound like someone that would be in the military. That's the name of the character in the book. But he hadn't read it, and he argued and argued and argued, and he read the book after filming was done, and he, he liked, liked it mom. so much. I don't really like this He liked it so much, yeah. he called and demanded that they make his name that. So they had to dub over Harrison Ford's, um, like, words because – the, the name he fought for at the beginning that they changed it to, Are you he read the book. He's like, you know what? No, it needs to be that. Holy. So they really. Yep. yep. Wow. Yep. Uh, jerk. And that whole his whole dialogue in there is completely improvised. It was 18 <laughs> minutes of improv- improvisation. And uh, the editor said it was like. He's like, it was mostly nonsense, but there's a couple items of brilliance. That's why they only used two minutes of it. Wow. Because it completely made up. I mean, he that didn't just come and didn't learn you, any of his lines. Well, that just gives you. Well, with all the feet of film that they shot, if it was, what, 250? It was, it was at least 200 hours. 200 hours? So it's around, it's around 1.35 million feet of film. <laughs> cool. Wow. Yeah. That's so, pretty cool. And somebody had to digitize all that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. did they, do, they didn't do that all on an upright moviola, did they? No. Did they edit on that? I don't know. It was the 70s. Oh, I, they I, must I have know. edited it on an upright movie. It was 76 or 78. They probably spiked it. That is so much. Hey, and it's not the process. My feet all hurt. <laughs> Took three years. Jeez. It's probably because they went through a million feet yeah. of footage. That's ridiculous, man. Wow. Uh, that's, you know what? That's really interesting to me about Marlon Brando's stuff. I just didn't realize that he was more interesting enough to me was that we talk about him a lot and it's pretty much he has crazy demands and he's just doesn't <sighs> want to work but he wants to get paid interesting <laughs> I, I i've never really followed him that that much to really know how 
horrible. Anyway. How horrible? Oh. <laughs> he's, he's a brilliant worst. actor, though. I disagree. Dude. I think he was good in the first two, and then he got complacent. I, I just he phoned it in for everything. I didn't like him in The Godfather. No, yeah, well, uh, we talked about that the already. score with De Niro and Edward Norton. I awful. Uh-huh. Island of Dr. Moreau. Like all of these movies, he is just lazy as shit. Uh-huh. And I don't find his performances brilliant. I find them it seems like he doesn't know his lines, because spoiler alert, he never did. I didn't need to know my lines. I like this cat. <laughs> I, I didn't need to know my cat. lines. I know my character. Did you hear about that? In Godfather, his character he found the cat on the lot and he's like, I want to have this in the movie. My, Seriously. My character pets a cat. Yeah. Right, cool. Well, you know, it's probably actually a good decision. I mean, it's one of the most iconic things now. You know, I know. Exactly. The, the, mo- the mo- mafioso I mean, guy with the cat. Yeah, um, I mean, you, yeah. Got, you got Inspector Gadget with Dr. Evil. Do- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dr. Evil, you got the Inspector Gadget guy with the cat. They're cool. Exactly. So that's pretty interesting to me. I was like this little trivia yeah, thing. Yeah, you yeah, know, it always, just it's, it, 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 it makes me feel better than when I'm doing my own movies and I just out on a whim. I'm like, hey, I found this on the side of the street. Let's use it. Yeah, this it's looks like, nice. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Coppola did it. I can too. Yeah, right. <laughs> you ever look at somebody and be like, you, you across the street. You ever been a movie star? Get over here. I was literally for the pickups that we just did. <laughs> literally, well, we I think we have done that before. Literally yeah. for the for the pickups that we did for Color Me You, I was trying to find someone who I could pay them $5 because that's all I had in my wallet um, to use their bag because we forgot to bring the backpack <laughs> for the oh character. And I was like trying to find someone on the campus that had a backpack that looked like hers that I could give them $5 for like... 10 minutes and I'll even get my ID to hold on to while I that's while, funny while I shoot. did you find somebody no we didn't no, no we, <laughs> we, we just we, we, we just shot close up that's funny yeah well, you, well I, I, I wish I could have said yeah we did and that would have been great did you not have just, a happy ending you could have just yeah. said yeah well, we're like oh there's a backpack underneath that close up Spoiler alert. I know, right? That's see, pretty see, funny. See, now you're all going to have to go see my movie now. The shameless plug. To call me out on IMDb. That's pretty funny. <laughs> They're not a real backpack in that shot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just on the goof section. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty funny, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know what else we could talk well, about I mean, in this movie. I mean, yeah. it's just... There's, yeah, I we mean, can talk more heavily I'm, on characters and yeah. things like that, but I think we hit a lot of the main theme of this movie and how it kind of... I'm, I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I watched it. I mean, like I watched Neighbors two the other day, and I'm not glad I watched that. Like, <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Neighbors two. I'm oh, gonna kill somebody. No, I was like, wow, I uh, I, I lost for some brain cells <laughs> watching well, this movie. Yeah, you gotta. It is what it is, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean? But I, I I don't regret. I don't regret watching, watching this movie. one. Yeah, yeah. When you were in film school, they didn't study this. <sighs> No, we never. No, not this. What did you guys study in film school? I don't know. Barney. I don't know. What we did. I, I, I always showed up late to class because I was in production meetings. So uh, I, I don't know. We might have actually. <laughs> I, was, I was always like, like within the, we had like four hour classes, and I was uh-huh. within two and a half hours. I'd finally show up. That's pretty funny, man. I bet you they were glad when they got you finally out of film school, huh? Yeah, they've never asked They're me like, back. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, no, they've, they've asked alumni back. They've never asked me back. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Oh, maybe, that's maybe. funny. He's We're like, said, he's going to be two hours late if we invite him anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> awesome. There that's we probably, go. That's probably, probably true. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's pretty funny, dude. No, I mean, just, I guess, really, I, I, 
just the production of this was so grueling. Yeah. Like I really recommend watching the documentary. I mean, there was like it was scheduled for six weeks and it uh, took sixteen months. Six bull crap. Six weeks, six weeks for this type yeah. of movie they thought. Yeah. I wanna see I wanna see a call sh- I wanna, wanna see, see a first aid yeah. 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 I wanna exactly. see some kind of documentation that says that it was six weeks. Yeah, yeah. right. I don't believe that. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And no even way. Al Pacino turned down the role saying, I know, I know what you're gonna do, Coppola. You're going to stretch this into five months. That's why he turned it down, and it was 16 weeks. He's like, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. And get this. Like, Lawrence Fishburne lied about his age, and he was actually 14 when When, they filmed this. When they filmed this, he was 14 Uh years old? He was 14 years old. Wow. Mm -mm. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. uh, So, I mean, it was, like, hard for everybody. There was a lot of drug use. In this film, uh, I would hope. Yeah, I'm trying or, to see well, one the of 70s. them. Is, oh, late seventies, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them even Which got was probably uh, about 1950 when they if shot I was, it. If I was Marjean, I'd be like, um, I'm gonna put that I need to have copious amounts of drugs in my contract. Well, so this is the movie that, that got probably, Lawrence Fishburne addicted to heroin. <gasps> Wow. Yeah, that's wow. crazy. Nice. And Good that, for him. That scene with the water <laughs> buffalo that uh-huh. was a real water buffalo. In they the helicopter? really. No, no, no. When they're ritualistically killing the animal oh, and yeah. chopping it up, that was a real water buffalo. No. They literally were killing it. Oh, Peter um, was just like, oh, well, yeah, the, the, well, I said the cow the, like, in the, the helicopter. Humane, and yeah. Like, and- yeah. Um, you know, they give it like a negative review, but they, you couldn't police it over there so they could do whatever. And there's disputing. Well, they ate it. You know, hopefully they hopefully. put it to use. Oh, craft service action. Craft is about yeah. to say, "Crafty, get yeah. in here." That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. Buffalo steaks. <laughs> yeah, down to like, yeah, me, yeah, absolutely, totally me. Yeah, and Francis for Coppola def- said um, that he they just happened upon that ritual happening. No, and he didn't actually do it. But what? during interviews of cast and crews, like he provided the water buffalo and brought <laughs> other animals to use. He was actually showing them how to do the ritual, actually. <laughs> that's well, crazy that's creepy. yeah yeah they said that he brought a bunch of other animals to slaughter too but they ended up just using that one the well, chicken got off okay yeah the chicken's yeah. just like good thing that buffalo went first yeah and it's like, oh. <laughs> oh. yeah it's just we're gonna pee protesting outside of your garage insane. i know yeah. right yeah. i have like a red mark on my on my garage yeah well i think Buffalo that's feelings too you know all of that i think that's why it's on the top 100 it's well, just I mean, it's just filmmaking you're kind of putting everything out on, there on the line yeah. and everybody's yeah, right? doing. Like, and, brutal yeah. and that's what i keep saying like think about i mean we just did jaws right mm-hmm. we did you know uh fantasia before that and yada 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 all those movies with these guys are they've literally put everything yeah. on the line they they've mortgaged everything that they had they've put everything yeah. they ultimately could sweat blood tears semen whatever you got <laughs> all those bodily so fluids much semen. are all going into making <laughs> these movies probably, that probably, it's probably so crazy to go to the bank uh, you know to, oh to, yeah to sell, you gotta know, replenish that <laughs> gotta replenish it huh? so much but in all honesty like they've given everything mm. to this particular craft and the movies that came out of them are the things that made a lot of their careers yep. yeah right because well, thank god can, they made the right investment right and to mm, be no, completely no. honest with you i'm not a huge fan of coppola's movies mm. personally yeah this by far is my favorite coppola film Wow. Okay. By okay. far, yeah. I like this more than I like um, 
Godfather. Godfather. I really do. Be, to be honest with you, I'm just. I think I've gotten away so much to like the uh, mob the mob stuff, which to your point, Marco, like you know another war movie per se, but it wasn't really. I never really I felt that war was kind of happening around it, but it wasn't the through line of the story that kind of guided me Fair enough. through this film. Sure. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So no, I never really felt it was like a big yeah. bigger thing. Otherwise than it just ends up being an asylum movie. Yeah, basically yeah. or like yeah. an institutionalized type of <laughs> an asylum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So at least for me, I'm 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 really glad that I got to really look mm-hmm. at this film as an adult. Sure. And yeah, not this is write what it off I think, as a young kid, you know? I think I'd watch every five years and be good. It's I so don't, f- yeah. for me, like I think yeah. it's yeah, really well done, but it doesn't keep my attention enough to really want to watch it again. And again. It. Yeah. It's funny that you say that. Cause like every director has like their go-to movies when they're making their movie, you know, just to kind of uh-huh. give them inspiration or whatever. And I got a couple of those movies that I go to consistently, whether they fit the, the theme or tonality of whatever I'm making out of the gate. This for sure is going to be one of those movies that I'm going to throw into that mix. Fascinating. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, all right. Do we have anything else on this movie we want to talk about? Uh, I'm good. That'd be uh, a negative Ghost Rider. Uh, all right. <laughs> Next question, Jonesy. Yeah. What's making you hard? Oh, <laughs> um, hmm. I got to pass on this one, man, to be honest really? with you. I really, I really what haven't. What is this question? I haven't really watched. So what have you seen, whether it's a TV show, movie, or a book, an article, a podcast, just any Anything? little bit of entertainment that well, you've kind of stumbled upon lately that you really, that ooh, you like to really like okay. now? I got something. Uh, well, I, all right. So I've been reading, I've been, I'm reading a lot more of these things. Humble brag. Uh, I know. <laughs> Thank you. <Nerd. laughs> Intelligence. Um, I've been reading this book. Uh, it's basically about how. Habits and um, kind of looking at like behavioral or like where nuns live, uh, <laughs> like behavioral habits. Um, gotcha. Put down the porn. Yeah. What's the hat? <laughs> Put down the porn, Gary. It's okay. Uh, well, that's one facet of it. You know, that's my reward system. Thank you very much. Um, but in all honesty, in all honesty, <laughs> he believes in positive reinforcement. Exactly. Like if I write ten pages, I'm throwing one out. You know what I mean? Like that's how you. You know. That's how you do it. Um, All about the ebbs and flows, man. Exactly. And I got a medicine ball, so I'm working out at the same exact time. (laughs) Um, Great for your abs. Exactly. Um, No, but seriously, it's it's kind of interesting because you don't realize how habits are kind of formed, right? Like, I don't don't know if you guys have experienced this type of stuff, but – you know, you want to, you want to write every single day, but you don't really have the structure to make that a habit, right? You don't have that opportunity or that ability to deconstruct the habits that you do have in order to create a new habit. So ultimately this book goes into the science of how our mind works in the process of creating a habit. So that when you start Mm. seeing the things that you're doing consistently as a habit, it allows yourself to deconstruct those things (laughs) and then try new things to reinforce a new habit. Um, And I think, to be honest with you, I've been kind of testing them out. Um, it's kind of, it's a hefty book, man. I mean, it's it's pretty detailed. Um, a lot of really great storytelling going on because I use a lot of factual stories from like uh, Tony Dungy, who is uh, – you know, football coach to a handful of other, you know, even writers and all types of stuff are kind of rooted into this thing. But I really wanted to m- kind of see if it works. So I just did something simple like make my bed every morning. 
simple, right? I should, I should work on that one. Yeah. Well, what was interesting? Yeah, I gave up on that one a yeah. long time ago. Well, so I'm like, I'm just going back in there later today. Well, I'm going to tell you something, man. The real, here's the thing. I thought the same exact thing, but how many times have you guys gone home and you've actually like actually made your bed and you crawled into a nice well-made comfy bed that's ready for you and you know what i mean that's like so inviting when you come home not very inviting (laughs) well then maybe for me no i mean i know i I feel like my bed is giving me loves i suppose i i wish i made my bed so it felt more i don't know i need to do laundry (laughs) (laughs) my point though is i ended up starting to to do this right i i i used a cue every morning so they were saying that habits are built around three main things you have a cue the thing that kind of triggers the the triggers you and then there's the routine the Mm -hmm. the action of what happens and then there's the reward system so after that routine is completed there's the reward that kind of comes after that and without me even knowing what i was doing was every morning i would wake up And I would do some work in the morning and then I would have my first cup of coffee, which was my reward system for doing pretty much bullshit work like emails or whatever in the morning. Right. So I said, well, I'm going to stop doing my emails in the morning. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to make my bed instead. And then I'll have my first cup of coffee. So I started doing that religiously every day. You know, you got to kind of fight the resistance a little bit and just do it. And now I do it without even thinking about it. Mm. First thing I do when I get up bed, and it's even more interesting because with my wife who never made her bed ever, um, she ended up, uh, falling into the routine just because I was doing it consistently. So I'll even wait to do the bed because sometimes she's, she lays there later than I do or whatever. And as soon as she wakes up, I go in and I start making it or it's already made by the time I go in there because she got into the routine of making it, Mm -hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting. And we've only been doing this for like, Nine months or something like that. Oh, okay. Oh, I was. Gonna, I thought you were going to say like three days or four days. No, 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 nine months. No, so yeah, like like nine months of this, and now right. it's literally a, a complete and utter habit. Which I was like, this stuff works, you know. So <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, uh, really interesting. Really, well, what's the really, book called? It's called uh, Habit. Oh, oh right. simple. Easy. Really, really stretched his brain to come you know up with that man, one. I guess so. <laughs> I wonder so, where he got that from. Yeah, man. And I, I'm working on it right now, kind of creating new habits for like a writing schedule, you know, because for me, writing is, you know, I don't know if it was like a writer, writer, I suppose, but I'm not a writer. You, you choose that though. You choose to be a writer. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah. if you really want to become a writer, you, what, what is the main thing a writer does? Right. Well, not even well, they just write. Right, mm-hmm. because well is relative, right? That's why I practice being Batman. <laughs> exactly, because at some One point of these days <laughs> I'm gonna jump an action. I'm just gonna be him. I'm not even gonna think about it. Yeah, you're just hey, like, hey, hey, we got clowns running around. We need you. Seriously, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Ugh, but I hate that. <laughs> to that, my my, you know, every day my goal is to just kind of write three to six pages. That's it. Oh, nothing crazy, nothing, cool. anything. Last week was my Very first attainable. week doing it. And I hit like, I hit like 20 pages last week, which oh, wow, I was nice. pretty stoked on. Yeah. Um, because once you get in the rhythm, you know, the muses kind of reward you for being mm-hmm. in the work, I suppose. So, sure. um, it, but it's been very eye opening <laughs> to say, okay, well, where are the habits that I don't want and where are the habits that I want to create and how do you fit those things in? Mm-hmm. So interesting enough. Very so if you guys want new habits, pick up habit, pick it up. Marco, what you got, man? Um, new show, Designated Survivor. Oh, hey, that looks really, so good. Really, really like it. 
Awesome. I've really been enjoying it. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, and you know, for an ABC show, I mean, I'm usually like, that's ah, bullshit. And <laughs> just turn to the next thing. This one is really keeping my attention. It's really fast paced, really riveting, lots of conflict. You're wondering how's he going to get out of this? I mean, for those who don't know, I guess just the brief synopsis is basically when the president's giving the, what's it, the uh, State of the Union, uh, and everyone's there, the vice president, the speaker, everyone, uh, one person in the line of uh, succession uh, has to stay somewhere in a secure location in case the Capitol blows up. Well, unfortunately, the Capitol blows up. So he becomes president. And it's hilarious because it's like the shittiest job ever. I mean, it's, it, it's, the, uh, it, it's the, uh, the Secretary of Housing Development. <laughs> becomes the president of the United States. And Someone who never in a million yeah, years like thought that they would ever be years, president. Yeah, and it's like the Secretary <laughs> of Housing Development. I mean, not Secretary of State. That's brilliant, or, or defend, I love yeah. it. It's so yeah. fish out of water. And, yeah, I love it. and uh, what was it? The guy, what's his name? But it makes sense, Sutherland. But it no, makes sense yeah, why yeah. he would be the main the main guy because he's the Secretary of Housing Development. Yeah. Right? I mean, he understands the people at a completely different level than probably somebody else would. And other the people in the administration, that, that's you know true, what I'm that's saying? True. Like, With the problem right now, though, is everything's very military right now. Uh, because, you know, it's getting, you know, it's finding the people who did this. You've got anarchy in the streets and stuff. So, so basically, it's, very, it's 24. 24. Well, obviously, I never but watched he's 24. he's not equipped for his job. Yeah, yeah. I, I never uh, watched so 24. He's not, yeah. So he's not yeah. Jack Bauer. He's way yeah. over his head. He's yeah, way yeah. over his like head. Like almost he's, yeah. anti-Jack Bauer. Like super meek, super. Oh, yeah. He, he's a real weenie in the chair. Yeah. yeah, he's, yeah he's a real weenie. So. But, Isn't it Kiefer Sutherland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's kind of Sutherland. My boy. Yeah. I love 24. Right. It's really. Interesting. It, but it's it's a really cool show. I would very recommend. I, I am excited every Wednesday oh, when it comes awesome. on. So And I have not been that way about a show in a very so long time. So this really literally makes you hard. Well. Not currently, but usually. Um, Only when he talks about it a lot. Uh, Just don't ask him to stand up anytime soon. I know, right? You know, <laughs> it's rude to point. What about you, brother? So for me, I finally saw the movie Keanu, and it's hilarious. It's stupid funny, man. I, what is what? Is it's the movie? one with uh, Keegan Keel and Eric Key and Jordan Peele. Yes, Key and Peele. Oh, it's the movie with the cat. Marks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Have I, you seen it? No, I have not. Oh, it's so stupid funny. Yeah. Okay. It's so great. I like I the social it. commentary throughout the entire uh-huh. thing. The social commentary is probably one of the funniest Basically, things Basically, two Carltons movie. having... Wait, you're 24, so you're not going to know what that means. You know Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? <laughs> I know. My, my brother watched that show. Oh, Jeez. my God. I'm uh, so old. Yeah, dude. Okay, so Younger two black... Okay, two, hang on. Younger two, brother <laughs> watched the two show. Two black dudes basically act super suburban and white. Right. All have right. to go into the crime world to find this guy's tiny cat. So they got to turn ghetto. So have to be very gangster yeah. and they're not. Yeah. That it's such a funny. That, that actually does sound very funny. We went, me and my wife went really high. <laughs> we went really high. And by the way, all the, all the gang members love the cat. Yeah. So that's a big thing. Like as badass <laughs> as they are. And there's some badasses in there. They there love the indeed, cat. They love the cat. And there's contention over this adorable kitty cat so i'm assuming you're recommending this i do i think it's i see why it maybe didn't do as well in the theater as they had hoped it would sure um because i just think, felt like a bunch of mini key and peel sketches yeah and i think that's kind of like why i didn't care for the uh the lonely island movie where uh, he plays the yeah. pop star pop star uh-huh. is what's oh, called yeah, yeah, yeah both of those it just it felt like just long sketches that there was punch well pop star it was disappointing because it felt like they wrote the jokes first and they're like let's make a story around these sure. and that was really weak whereas this one it just 
the pacing kind of sputtered because it felt like, you know, four minute sketches sure, sure. kind of put together, but it's yeah. fun. It's a lot of fun. Will Forte is hilarious in it as their uh-huh. drug dealer. Yep. Um, so I definitely recommend it. I think it's fun. I'm glad I saw it. Well, good, man. I'm Super glad. Cool. I'll go watch it again. Awesome. Based on your recommendation. Do it. <laughs> Do Done. it. Done. So finally, we got plugs. Do we? We have plugs. Do we now? Um, I am screening Time Out uh, next weekend at the LA Comedy Fest. Oh, fun. On Saturday. Mm, um, that's right. Which would be good. I think it's showing at like 630. You guys can check it out. The LA Comedy Fest.com, I believe. Um, but other than that. That's it. That's it. That's all I got, man. What you got to plug? You got anything to plug? Um, well, my movie will be coming soon. Um, you know, as soon as we talk to distribution, we'll, are you able we'll to say the name of it? Yeah, yeah color me you. Yeah. Oh, totally. cool. Yeah, it's just it's coming soon. We, you know, we got we still got a ways to go, but we're getting there. Nice, man. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. Congratulations on that, by the way. It's uh, your you, first man. feature, right? Yeah, it's my first feature. Oh, just, that's exciting. I mean, from from finding the budget and the funding to you know putting a lot of the pieces together and then directing it. And now really kind of being now the, really, the, the, really putting the movie together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now being the post-production supervisor, basically, you know, right. it's, uh, you wow. know it's, yeah. it, it's, it's, I mean, hats. the yeah. life of an indie man, oh, the life yeah. of an independent yeah. filmmaker. But you know, it's, I'm hoping it'll open a lot of doors. Anything that you would share with, uh, other filmmakers working on their, on their movie, something that you learned that you didn't know while um, you were going through this. I think it's important I've found that it's important that when you're looking for financing, it doesn't really necessarily matter about the project. It matters about the person. If they believe in you, they'll, if they believe yeah. in you, they'll support whatever you want to do. Cause they believe in you. Oh. Um, I just, I just see that a lot more, not even just with myself, but with other people where they're getting financing and funding because it's the person, it's yeah. not the project. They yeah. don't, they don't gotcha. know anything about the project. And even if they know something about the project, they still can't visually see it. They still, there, there's nothing to really grab onto. There's sometimes not even a script, but you know, it's people that start, start, start getting more well connected with people knowing you as a person mm. instead of just you as a project. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. That's good advice, dude. That's yeah. something yeah, that is. you rarely ever hear. Yeah. That, right. That's great. It's actually really great, man. Yeah. That's, that's the one thing I've kind of really taken away from all this. Sweet dude. Mm-hmm. Noah, what you got for brother? me? Just my Twitter, the Noah Kinsey, Instagram, Noah Kinsey, um, for the podcast, we have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and website, all UFR podcasts. <laughs> don't tweet me. I won't reply back. I don't. Even <laughs> <laughs> so just follow us on there uh subscribe Follow rate them. and review um on itunes definitely helps us out quite a bit yeah yeah we would need that and definitely sign up for our giveaway right now we are doing a contest for the first four seasons of robot chicken oh that's still going huh that's still going we have <laughs> two more weeks when are, oh yeah Ooh. that one just started yeah all right cool man that's exciting very um, cool. We got some good news coming soon. We don't want to share it too, nope, too, too pretty soon. Exciting. Don't want to blow the load too quick. So mm-hmm. uh, just stay tuned. We'll be tweeting stuff and uh, getting you guys some some more yummy goodness coming to your ear holes. Hopefully <laughs> soon. <laughs> you know. Wow, that sounded dirty. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for thank you so much for being on the show. Thank yeah, you guys Marco. for having me and yeah, man. waiting for me as I got here late. Thank you. Uh, you're good, man. Don't <laughs> worry, brother. Thank so, you. what's next? What is next? I was just actually looking that up. I was like, shit. Come on, Noah. You know it. Do I? I hope it's a bad movie. Do I? 
episode forty-seven. Ev- this is this was episode forty-seven, right? Oh, so we're on forty-eight. Damn, dude, we're getting close to fifty, man. Episode fifty, fifty, fifty. That's a lot of podcasting, bro. We've done a lot of podcasting in the last year. Yeah, we really have. We've done a lot of Go talking. I can't believe people are actually listening to us. You know what? Besides our mom. <laughs> no, we're getting a lot of really good interaction. It's really, um, we're really liking that. And uh, we were talking about that earlier today. But um, you know, even if even if they didn't agree with us, they'll uh, definitely let us know. I had a friend saying he was screaming at us through um, his radio huh. when we were talking about Godfather Part Two. That's right. Oh, Thank you, you. Gary. Pulled it up. Help it out. Thank you. Another dose of Marlon Brando. No, 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 <laughs> no. no. He's but... coming up though. Actually, another one of his is coming up yeah, at some point. Some oh, coming he up. He got a lot on these lists. Dude. He really, he does. really does. But I'm excited for this next movie though. Yeah, this next one is Some Like It Hot. Uh, Marilyn oh, Monroe. Okay. Uh, Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it should be a good one. Some good times. Ooh. Well, all right. Well. That's it. Thank you again for being on the show. Thank you guys for having me. Till next time. Till next time. We out.